everybody. Welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King, and you're listening to the Photography Podcast dedicated to getting you out there on an adventure of your own. I know that all of you have full-time jobs, full-time families, but you bought that camera for a reason. So pack your gear, grab your camera, get out there, get a flat tire. It's time for a Photog Adventure of your own. It's episode 165. Yes, the number is still existing as to where I am. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I've got to give a huge thank you for coming back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. This is a seven-month gap since the last episode. The worst gap, of course, that I've ever given, but of course, but I have a very... I mean, very clear and acceptable excuse for having it be this way. Obviously, some of you have probably seen me in the live streams that I've done with Royce Bear throughout this year in 2021, as well as at Nightscaper. And I have so many things just since Nightscaper that I want to talk to talk about, get people on for interviews. This podcast wasn't dead. It was basically dead, but I'm breathing life into it. Imagine me right now pumping the chest to staying alive right now of the podcast and giving it nice, solid breaths right into its lungs, keeping a brain activity, keeping it live, because the podcast is coming back, baby. And this is actually the second time I've recorded this Welcome Back. The reason why I'm doing a second one is because I didn't release it yet as I recorded other episodes. And in the meantime, I've got even more good news for my future. So I just wanted to put all of that in here as I give you a Welcome Back. Aaron King is alive and Aaron King is not crying himself to sleep every night somewhere in a cold cave. This is um, a good reality that I have gone through and unfortunately it's required me to take some time off in order to just be good at what I'm doing. I can't come back in the middle of it. So long story short, you all know, every one of you who's listening to this podcast right now has listened enough that you know that I was going through a divorce separated for a while, three years of separation, living on my own, struggling with the challenge of paying for two lives. I mean, my rent at my new apartment was more than the mortgage for the house that I was paying for my ex-wife and children to be in. And so it was a very expensive, tight, stressful world. And man, did 2020 just COVID and everything. It just threw me into the, you know, crucible, refiner's fire, I had to do some things and had to cut some things. And so because of because of a situation where I lost my car, my car broke down, I had nothing, I couldn't travel. And during COVID, I was taking Ubers to go to the store. I had a friend, she would come and give me a ride to the store and help me get back and forth. And if it wasn't for her, honestly, um, some of you know her, Melinda. If it wasn't for Melinda, I would not have had food and help at home. She always came over and helped me out. So that was saving me. Then just not Being able to go on workshops for the first half of the year and having most of my workshops postponed, it threw a huge kink in the finances in the world where I was just, I'm trying to do the best. And as you guys can imagine, as you have maybe experienced yourself, it was a tight, stressful, kind of a pensive, let's take a reevaluation of our lives, take stock of where we're going, what we want out of life, and make some decisions. I especially had to do that as I was going through the divorce and the 
finalization of the divorce was finally speeding up and the momentum was going to get to the end. It coincidentally matched up with when my contract at my apartment was expiring and I thought, you know what? I shouldn't do this again. This apartment's way too expensive. There's got to be something else I can find. Let's get out of here. Long story short, another long story short, the apartment complexes in Utah County in Utah were so expensive and have been growing up in price. It's been nuts as people are moving everywhere and moving into Utah. Right now, we just have, like most places, a crazy boom for cost of housing, cost of living. If you want to move into a house, buy a house, it is 200000 more than what it was just five, seven years ago. It is insane. And so trying to find a place actually was a lot harder than I thought, and I had to come to an understanding that you're probably going to have to move in with your parents. And so I moved in with my parents. And right now, you can't hear it because I had to turn off the AC in here to do this. I'm sitting in an RV in the driveway of my parents' place down in central Utah. If you're thinking about Orem, Provo area, and you know Utah at all, you drive another hour and a half south. Not as far south as all the beautiful views and Torrey and going into Capitol Reef, going over to Natural Bridge National Monument, going to Zion, going over to Moab. I'm not far enough and close enough to those. I am closer, but I'm not next to those. Their place is this little desert town that is suffering crazy from the drought right now. And we are just getting through that terrible, terrible drought with some monsoon season rainstorms that are causing flooding, but not in our city, thankfully. But we just had a great rain last night. I fell asleep to rain. Never in my life did I ever want to live somewhere that rains a lot until this year. It's like everything else. The grass is greener. The take something away you realize how much you appreciate it kind of thing and to hear the rain last night on the rv as i'm falling asleep i turned my podcast off that i was listening to and i just laid there and i was just happy and i've been watching a bunch of british mysteries and seeing it rain in britain i was like oh man i want to be in england where it rains i want to move to seattle where it rains i drove to oregon for a workshop earlier this year and it rained on me constantly and even though it made the worst workshop of all time never before has a workshop been cut half in the middle of the workshop and everyone just goes home like that workshop did but the rain i was so jealous of it i drove around and i was like you guys better appreciate the water you're getting we would kill for this water you know it's just a crazy feeling of water is a priceless priceless resource and we always knew that but take it for granted all the time as you're like leaving the water running in your sink and you go grab something to come back oh it's nice and hot oh it's too hot let me turn it down and run the water more and more and more man we take for advantage all that water that we have. So this year has been really changing my perspective on a lot of things. So moving down here to Centerfield and experiencing life with my parents was funny. Um, Let me just tell you a story about a girl Uh, just because it's crazy. And the crazy situation is I moved with my parents as a 39-year-old man. I come down here on my very first day of being away from everything up there. No more concerns about life. I'm going to focus on my divorce. I'm going to focus on saving money. I'm going to focus on doing the workshops and getting on track with where I want to be. And I meet a girl at dinner. She's like, this girl's this nice girl. She came with her family for dinner. I was like, oh, hey, you know, she's actually my age. Well, she's 29. And she's asking me about my divorce, asking me how the breakup went. 
and I told her, yeah, I was going to get on some, you know, websites and apps for finding dates. She's like, don't do that. Don't do that. You'll find the girl you're supposed to be with. She'll just come into your path. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Probably right. As I go throughout that day, um, she's hanging out. I feel like she's kind of liking me. As I say goodbye to her and say, you know what? It's a small enough town. We'll probably see each other a lot. And she goes, you better. And I kind of like that. I was like, you better. That's funny. I like this. This little Mexican girl, she's lived here most her life. Since she was 10, she's been here. And uh, I was like, this is interesting. I, I like this. I want to maybe date her. I went to the Nightscaper conference, went to my workshop at Escalante, came back two and a half weeks later, and I finally see her again. And because I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, I go to church on Sunday, and she was too. She's a member. I was looking for her in the church building during our sacrament. I'm like, okay, where is she looking around? I finally make eye contact with her. And of course, you picture yourself sitting in pews of a church and looking to your left and looking to your right. Very easy to see everybody. But what if someone's behind you? You kind of turn your whole shoulders a little bit and then stretch your neck. And I had to crane my neck all the way to the max of my rotation ability to see her back in the back row. So I'm finally catching an eye of her after I've been looking for her this whole like hour I've been there. And she sees me and smiles back at me at the same time I smile. And she gives me this little hand wave from her chest. She's like, beep. Like, kind of like hiding her hand instead of waving it into the air. She just kind of kept it underneath her shoulders and went, hi, with a little wave, little finger roll wave. And I was like, ooh, wow. Um, she was looking for me too. That felt good. I'm definitely going to try and date this girl, find out what's going on with her. I'm thinking, just date. I want to take you out. What day do you not work? How about Tuesday night? I'll take you out for dinner, talk to you, and find out more about you. I had no idea what I was in store for. This is something that I've said six times probably so far this podcast, but a long story short, we went from, holy crap, maybe this is all meant to be and the timing's perfect, maybe we should get married, to, okay, this ex-boyfriend of mine is a crazy nut job, he will not leave me alone, he's constantly hassling me, uh, even though we were not together, we were together before, but we never were formally together, because he was going through a divorce, this girl's going through a divorce, I'm going through a divorce, so all of us in this situation are going through a divorce, his divorce finishes, and he's coming after her hard, and she really rejected him, because it was a toxic relationship, and so our one week into this relationship, it's already being inundated by constant craziness, kind of craziness where... He's being told to never talk to her, getting his number blocked. So he's calling her sister and telling her messages to tell her. And he's calling her mom and threatening her mom to give her the phone. And and we go on a date up to Utah County, which is an hour and a half drive back up there. And turns out we left her phone accidentally at my mom's place. Well, that was good that we did because by the time we were driving back and getting gas and coming home, we're getting calls and messages on my phone from her mom saying that he's here. He's here at the place. He wants to talk to you, and he's not going anywhere until you talk to him. So she calls her, calls him on my phone and starts talking to him, and I'm, I'm pissed. You know, you can imagine that you're thinking, okay, this guy is someone you don't want to be with. You told me a thousand times you don't want to be with him, so it'll just take two minutes, right? Hey, dude. I'm done with you. You don't need any explanation. I'm done. I'm done with you. Please move on. Leave me alone. I'm in love with this guy. Goodbye. Boom. You know, two minutes later, oh, she was talking about everything. Like, I warned you that someday there'd be someone. And she keeps going into stories of their past. And I'm like, I don't want to hear this. And you should have just ended it immediately. We're coming back from a date where you kissed me and loved me. And okay. All right, you're talking to him way longer than I want. I'm out of here. I, I stepped out of the car, 
And she made me stand out there waiting for her to finish her phone call for 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, I was livid. Like, why would you take so long? Why would you do this to me? I mean, don't you understand you're here with me? Why are you taking forever to say this? And she's like, you're right. I should have just done that in the beginning. And so now we're starting to have holes poked in this beautiful relationship. Like, ah, this is challenging, but I can work with this. We can work this together. Because this is an old ex that is terrifying in some ways and manipulative in many ways. So you're not completely, you know, in a situation that is easy. So that's fair. By the third week, we had already gone through him running on the streets when she drives home from work at 1030 at night. So he's jogging at 1030 to 11 p.m. just so that she can see him because these country roads are the only roads between that restaurant and here. So he knows that if he runs there, she'll have to see him. And while she's talking to me on the phone saying, I think I'm going to see him. I got a feeling I'm going to see him. Oh, there he is. He's running. What a nut job. He's bringing treats to work, even though she says don't do it. She's having other people of her past be messengers and every day constant something. When I was in Oregon for a workshop, she got a guy or a woman to bring a box of treats and messages over to her, this long letter. And I'm like, don't even read the letter. You don't want this. You don't want this, right? So let's just tear it up. Yeah, I'll get to it. I'm like, tear it up now. So she tears it up right there on FaceTime in front of me. I'm like, gee, everything's fine. We're good. It gets so bad that we have to call the police. We have to get the police involved. And now she's hedging. Now she's like, ah, I don't know if I want to get the police involved. That's too dramatic. I'm like, yeah, you have drama already. Do you want to stop this drama or do you want to keep it going? We're talking the third week since I've really known her. And I'm having to, like, argue with her about calling the police on her ex-boyfriend. So I told her, I can't believe that you didn't just go for it. It really was a sign that you're not necessarily fully committed to this. We're going too fast. Let's just take a break. And when you have time in your life for me, let me know, you know. So I come down here, my parents thinking I'm going to have an easy break from everything, focusing only on saving money and focusing on my work. And I meet a girl who's completely distracting and takes over all my time for three weeks. And after I told her that, you know, let's take some time, let's have a break. Something happened. I don't know. I think that she either made out with them or something worse and... He got her alone, and there was no parents or daughter or anyone else in the room when he was talking to her, so they had probably a more open discussion, or at least she was more vulnerable to him making passes and advances on her, and she was you know, interested enough, I guess, inside of her that she was willing to go for it because whatever happened, she wouldn't tell me what happened. She told me the next day that it, something happened, that he came over, he followed her home from work, and I decided it was time to tell him. You know, I gave him a chance to talk to him because it's only fair that I give him an explanation. I'm like, what do you mean giving an explanation? I've been in the vehicle when you've given him an explanation. I've heard you talk to him on the text message giving him an explanation. I've heard you talk to him at your house giving him an explanation when he's got a butter knife trying to unlock your bedroom door, trying to get in the room to talk to you. You've given him explanations over and over again. But she's like, I needed to give him one more, don't you think? And then something happened. I'm like, well, what happened? What happened? Tell me. She's like, I don't want to talk about it. It's bad. I just don't want to say it. It makes me feel worse. I hate myself. I hate him and I hate myself even more. When someone says I hate him and I hate myself even more, you know they did something they regret. And I'm thinking, oh boy. All right, that makes me, makes me feel like something terrible has happened. And so uh, just hope you can get through it. Good luck. 
get some time on your own. Work on yourself. Figure things out, blah, blah, blah. Because here I am thinking, you're 39, Aaron. You're going to find other women in life that are going to come with baggage and weird situations. And, you know, this one it might be hers. And give her some time. Who needs to run into this? No need to rush. She didn't talk to me again for three days, and the first thing she says to me is, leave me the hell alone. You tricked me. You knew my weakness, and you played a game and took advantage. I'm like, what? What do you mean I knew your weakness? I didn't know who you were three weeks ago. I didn't take advantage. I just asked you to go on a date, and then you told me you were falling in love with me. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'm falling in love with you too. I could fall in love with you. And then it became too serious. And then I was like, you know what? You don't have enough time for me with this guy going on, so call me when you have time. That's what happened. There's no taking advantage. It was a nut job. And it was such a nutty text to me that it seemed like he wrote it for her. The next day, she said she was going to talk to me, never showed up, never showed up again. week and a half later of not hearing a word from her and her not responding to my text saying, hey, what's going on? You said you wanted to talk to me. Are you okay? Nothing, nothing, nothing. She's got a new phone apparently. She's sworn off me and other people in the world, in the city here and says that we've all tricked her and that we've all been keeping her away from him. And now she's with him, I guess. I have no idea. But that was my nuts three-week rising like top peak of a roller coaster and then went down the roller coaster having fun and then got thrown for a loop-de-loop and then was punched in the face with a 180. It's like, I love you on Tuesday and Thursday. I hate your guts and I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want you to burn in hell. It's like, oh, okay. Yep, dating in my 30s. Wow, going to be fun. This was a 29-year-old girl who had a 6-year-old daughter and I was excited to possibly pursue her. And wow, it did not turn out. Not going to be dating anytime soon, or actually, I kind of am. So, that was my first month here. And I have been dealing with the weird fallout from that, where it just feels awkward driving around, seeing them not together. I've never seen them together, but I've seen them one driving here and one going that way. I see his work, and I'm like, ah, oh, you stupid mother effer, I hate you, <laughs> you know. And just hating the people here. I'm like, how could you guys live here with these creepy perverts and these jerks that live here? You know, judging and resenting just innocent people on the side of the road for choosing to live in this stupid city. You know, that kind of foolish resentment that came from this relationship. Just kind of coming into amazing, into a crap fall 180 feet down to the ground of the surface of Earth. And wow, it was nuts. So... I tried to get out of everything, came here, and it did not work, but I am enjoying saving the money. I have projects and work that I needed to get back into, and I'm so stoked to be back. As I have finalized, I mean, I wish there was more fanfare, but I have finalized 100% my divorce. I am a complete free man. And I have a judge's signature saying so, and I can get married to anyone I want in the future if I even get married again. I'm definitely going to get married again. I want to get married again. Meeting her has woken me up to a lot of the things that I really want in life and where I'm lonely and where I wouldn't be lonely. And I know that there's beautiful things in my life that I can experience and have being a father and husband again. And just as a member of this church that I belong to, it's an important aspect of our lives. And, you know, not identity where I'm nothing without it, but it is an important part of our character and identity to be a good father, be a good husband. And I'm only 39. And I'm here at my parents' house. Oh, I wanted to mention this, but it was kind of funny dating her, living at my parents, because I had to sneak around my parents kissing her. 
and do things like I was in high school again. She had her parents at home, and we were ha- we couldn't make out there either. And so it was like I was reliving my early 20s, where it's like 20 years old, still living at home, but I have my own life, but I got to kiss this girl when my parents aren't watching, or when we're kissing in the kitchen, we hear someone coming, we're like, pull away. Oh, yeah, nothing's going on here. <laughs> nothing's going on. It was really fun for a while to think that it was kind of like a chance to go back in time, feel like a kid again and experience love in that way and not have to find someone who's like a business transaction. So here's your situation. How's your credit? How's your life? How's your health? How's your situation right now with your ex? You How many kids do you have? Okay, let's, let's go ahead and merge our businesses together and get married. You know, I just don't want that kind of relationship with an overly serious 39-year-old woman. I, I'm a goofball. I am a guy who enjoys fun. My goal and motivations in life is fun, not well, okay, irresponsibly in some ways, but not in the way where it's just like, dude, I'm going to go to the beach all day because there's nothing else in life that matters. I'm not that guy, but I am a guy who is trying to get fun and help others have fun. It's the whole goal of Photog Adventures is to get you out there and have a fun adventure of your own. And so it makes sense that that is really what I am. And the final thing I'll tell you has to do with fun as well. So it's been fun being with my parents, but you know, I'm 39 and I'm turning 40 in September. And as I've reevaluated what I want in my life, as I have come to understanding of what I truly would be happy with, I've also come to an understanding about some people in my life who are more special to me and more important than, you know, I was able to give them before when I was currently in the divorce separation situation. But now I'm free to do. And they're not available. You know, they're a really good friend, and they're not available right now. But it makes me think about finding someone, dating again, and getting into it. And I can't find people down here in Centerfield to date. I just can't. And so what am I going to do? I decided just to get active and find an apartment. And I got the ambition to do it. I was looking for places. And I somehow found a cheaper, about $600, $700 cheaper than my other apartment cheaper, apartment that is available made it work with me and I with some finagling and pretending that my dad's my roommate just to fix my credit score I was able to get an apartment and it was so fantastic the really good people that live there right now came to bat for me like they were wanting me there as much as I wanted to be there and I can't thank Remington enough you're probably going to hear Remington on the pot well probably you will you will hear Remington on the podcast because he does in his own podcast about firearms and we talk about safety and going out at night and going out with maybe firearms and that's a consideration I never made myself but I know Rob Ryan and others do have firearms with them and so I want to get Rob Ryan get Remington on the podcast and have a discussion about photographers and the logistics and realities of being a concealed carry permit photographer who goes out with firearms when you go out alone. It's not a crazy idea, honestly. Um, And so I'm going to have a podcast episode with Remington. But he's such a good guy. He was helping me out and we were finding all the ways that I can make it work. I'm so stoked to have this place. Two bedrooms still. I have space for a studio. Again, I can record my YouTube video here in this RV. As I turned off the AC to record myself, I'm already starting to feel sweat beads form on my face. It has been, it has been so hot, and I just don't have a good enough background to make anything all that quality or professional looking. And I'm such a perfectionist that I haven't wanted to record a video here because of that. And if I stayed here for another year to really save money, 
I wouldn't have the opportunity to work on my videos and making new course content like I want to do with Mary Beth Kaczynski right now. There's stuff that I want to produce at a high level, and I just can't do it from here. I have drilled a hole in this Ikea table to put my mic into it, and it's kind of working, but this couch cushion that I'm on, fat or not, uh, this couch cushion was not going to last, and it's already starting to look like a pancake that has been squashed by a vehicle. And so, yeah, I can't keep sitting here to work. There's no real comfortable space. It's a fantastic RV, but not a fantastic home. I don't feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm imposing on my parents all the time, like a guest who never left. They're like, hey, are you going to tell him to leave? He's, he's just not going. He's not leaving. My parents are happy to let me stay here. But I just, I just can't constantly live like this. So I found that apartment. I'm so stoked to be moving back up there. Mid-August, I'll be back up in Provo, Utah, have an apartment where I can produce more content again, keep going with the podcast. And I have been hard on creating new episodes this week. I've had three episode recordings, one that I said I already did, but replaced it with this one because now I can announce that I have an apartment and I actually have my divorce final. 100% final. Any of you pretty photographers out there who are looking for a 39-year-old man who's currently losing weight but has not gained back his hair, give me a text. I'll wait for the dramatic pause for someone to be like, I'm texting him right now. No, I'm not that available, but definitely I have a, a heart set on finding someone right for me and going to my 43rd birthday having been remarried. Absolutely. So my goals are set. I am so stoked to be in this situation and just a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. The stress of so much has been taken away and I am just focused right now, focused hardcore on my last workshops. If you're in my email chain, you've heard this. Another reason why recording this episode again would have been good. You've heard this news. I am going to forego doing photography workshops at the end of 2022. What I'm doing is after my 2020 COVID year of just reevaluating my life, and it was happening in 2019 for those of you paying close enough attention, once Brendan bailed on Photog Adventures and me and just disappeared, I thought, okay, I can re-identify Photog Adventures a certain way that's just me, or I can do something completely different. What do I want to do? I want to write. Well, I can't just turn off and my Photog Adventures and workshops and write. I need to do something else. Like, no, I want to write. If I was to die next year, what would I be sad about? I didn't write. I didn't write my stories. And after COVID also gave me that feeling, it's like, okay, now I have to do it. So I'm pulling the trigger. Basically, right now I'm writing my book, Intrepid Pro. It's a story, it's a middle grade story where it's like Sandlot and the Hardy Boys come together in space. And so I'm having a lot of fun writing that book and working on it. My main character is Ella Decker, who's an amazing Dutch photography, photographic memory girl who's just brilliant and 12 years old and has to fight, you know, has to fight to protect a very young solar system where people are living out on space stations that are orbiting the Earth, Venus, Saturn's rings, station in Ceres in the asteroid belt, station around Jupiter. It's a lot of fun just to live in that world. You know, I'm, I love space. I'm not getting away from space. I'm not getting away from it with my books and writing. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. So my goals right now are to finish these workshops that I've set up all the way through the end of 2021. 
I have new workshops available that I'm putting up this week. But if you go to photogadventures.com forward slash workshops, you can join some of them. If you want any of the workshops that I'm talking about right now that I haven't put up yet, and you're like, hey, Aaron, I want to join you on that one, just text me. Send me an email at Aaron at photogadventures.com. I'll hook you up with a direct PayPal invoice. So you don't have to wait for me to open it up. For instance, I have one more slot left in Escalante next year that I'm not going to put up because I'm giving the Gendra first dibs on it. But I have many, many, many workshops that I can just list real fast. Uh, let me pull up my Excel doc. Okay, so going in order, Alabama Hills next week, full. Um, September 5th through 9th, Canyonlands, I have two more slots open, maybe three. I can't recall if I made if I filled it up to the point where I only have two, but I have two slots full open, definitely. September 5th through 9th, it's a Canyonlands workshop where I'm in Canyonlands, Dead Horse Point, Goblin Valley, and Factory Butte. And then Southern Utah, it's another Southern Utah workshop, October 4th through 8th. And that one's going to be an advanced one where we focus entirely on star trackers. Bring your star tracker. I'm going to help you get your star tracker polar aligned. We're going to get your shots working, your gear working, and make sure that you come home with a brilliant star track shot. And we're going to talk about the post-processing of a star tracker. And that's something that you're going to have that you're going to love. You're going to really love it once we have that. By the time of October 4th, you will see what I'm talking about soon. And I have about four slots available left in that one. So if you want to come out with me or November 1st through 5th, landscape and Milky Way photography on the first week of, of November out on the Oregon coast. I have three people signed up right now, so I have five slots available. Kathy's one of those people. If you want to hang out with me and Kathy, come join us out in the Oregon coast. It's going to be really fun. I think Kaveh is going to join me too, so it's going to be a good group. It's always a fun workshop to go along the Oregon coast from Brookings all the way to Cannon Beach. There's beautiful, beautiful views all the way through. During the day, we stop at Thor's Well and do Thor's Well, either sunrise or sunset, depending on how good it works for us. Oh, I'm stoked to get out there. I love the Oregon coast. And that rounds out this year. I do have a planned announcement for one more workshop if I can make it happen, but I won't mention it here. I'll just simply say aloha. And so if that actually works out, fantastic. Then it comes into 2022, and I'll be a lot faster with this one. Um, I have about two or three spots taken for every one of these, so don't worry about there being any openings. But starting in 2022, here are my last workshops ever. Mary Beth and I are combining for a March Equinox Milky Way slash Deep Sky slash Aurora workshop adventure out in Minnesota and the UP. We are going to go all the way up to the Minnesota-Canadian border if we have to, if we have a great opportunity to get the Aurora overhead. And around the Equinox, it's far more active and just waiting for the moon to be in a good position. We're starting March 24th through 31st. Then we have an April, I have an April workshop in Bisnai Badlands. That is a 4th through 8th April. April 25th is Nightscaper, 26th, 27th, 28th, Nightscaper Nights. Won't talk about those yet until I'm formally part of the Nightscaper Conference this next year. And April 29th through May 3rd is the Escalante Workshop. Nagendra and I, and hopefully one of his friends, Harsh, Jim, um, we are all going out there. I have one slot left as Keith has taken one of the two spots. So hopefully, Nagendra, you're hearing this. Get your friend going on joining us. And April 29th through May 3rd, Escalante. Then the final workshops, May 26th through 31st, Salt Flats and Ward Charcoal Ovens. This is a fantastic chance for us to have water and to get a reflection at the Salt Flats going earlier into May. We're going to make it happen. If we have to go out in galoshes to get out in the water, then everyone stop, mo stop moving at the same time. 
get that reflection. We're going to get that salt flash reflection. So join me for that one, May 26th through 31st. Crater Lake, June 21st through 25th. I have two Crater Lake Oregon workshops this year. I'm going to do an advanced one and an intermediate one. Intermediate for everybody. Even a beginner, you'll be fine at intermediate. It is June 21st to 25th for the intermediate one where you hit Crater Lake for two nights and Oregon Coast for two nights, mostly Bandon and Brookings. And then I'll do Oregon Coast again in Crater Lake June 27th through July 1st. And that's the advanced one where we're doing star trackers out there. So if you have a star tracker and want my specific help, come to those advanced ones where I will be able to guide you and take time on it. If you bring your star tracker to my intermediate one, fine, use it, have fun. But I can't spend other people's time on fixing your star tracker or working with you on it. That's why I have these dedicated advanced workshops now that are just $400 more for the advanced one and you get a lot out of it. So then I have one slot left, one slot left for this one. And it is my last time going to the Faroe Islands for a workshop. And so I have to do it this year. But this year, this coming year, I'm doing it July 11th through 18th. That's going to be a summer month where you can go to Meechness and capture the puffins. So it's wildlife photography, landscape photography, and you know, with that time of year, there's no chance for aurora with the light never getting dark enough. But we will have a fantastic time with all the landscape and, and, and wildlife. I, I'm excited for that workshop. I already have two coming. Mark and Kaveh are with me, and we have one slot left. Mansoor, if you have a chance to change your mind, you can come join us. Otherwise, anyone else out there who are thinking that they'd love to join me in the Faroe Islands for what is just a blitzkrieg seven-day workshop. It's a blast. Come out with us. July 28th through August 1st is the Southern Utah workshop where I go to Canyonlands, Goblin Valley, Hoodoo Village. August 22nd through 26th is an advanced Southern Utah workshop doing the same stuff. October is my last workshop. I have two workshops two weeks in a row. Both are going to be advanced. Deep Sky with Orion stuff. Milky Way stuff as it's October still visible and tilting and lots of, they have an hour or so of opportunity. And Landscape Fall Colors. So this is a workshop I've been considering doing for a while. I haven't told you, Roger and Jordan, that I'm going to be there yet. But if you hear this before I contact you, then, hey, I hope that we can get together for one night of one of these weeks where I have you guys join me for the workshop. That'd be fantastic. We can learn from you and, you know, I can pay you guys to come join and talk about the area. I, I'm, I'm so excited to get back out to North Carolina do the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's going to be heinously busy with other fall color travelers, but we're going to do it. And since we go out for Milky Way, we're going to go for a sunset, fight the traffic, get out there, get in position, and stay there for the Milky Way. So you're going to have Linco Viaduct, fall colors, and then wait for the Milky Way to be tipping over it. That is going to be a combination that I can't wait to see. Keeping your tripod in place, doing a time blend. Oh, I'm excited for it. So we're, I'm going to have two weeks out there in the a North Carolina area. We'll go to Wilmington and do the off of Fort Fisher and the beach for one of those nights, as well as going in through the Blue Ridge Parkway for through most of it. It is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to do that. And I get a chance before I'm done with workshops for a while to offer an East Coast workshop. I already have two, four people signed up for the first week. I think the second week no one signed up for yet. And so I have lots of openings for that one. So all you East Coasters who wanted to hang out on an adventure with me, here's your chance. It's the fall colors, landscape photography, and Milky Way photography. A lot of bang for your buck. Come out and join me. It'll be absolutely terrific. 
<sighs> and yeah, and then that means I'll be done with workshops. I won't be done teaching Milky Way photography though. I'm going to be putting out some more content. I'm going to simplify my Milky Way course content and make it more bite-sized and manageable for people who have never finished it, who purchased it, as well as offer a, you know, abridged version for people who always wanted to get into it but didn't want to pay more than 30 bucks for it. And so, hey, I'm going to keep doing that kind of content and helping you learn. But I'm going to try and do things that keeps me home. That's the big thing. Being future married, having some kids, I want to be home. And two weeks on, two weeks off is just a weird schedule. So I'll be doing that schedule next year for the last time ever where I go for two weeks on workshops, two weeks I'm home, then two weeks for workshops, two weeks I'm home. I'm not going to maintain that schedule going forward. Maybe in 2024, 25, I'll be thinking, okay, I want to do some workshops again and I'll do two or three. But as of now, it's indefinite that I'll be done with workshops. I, I've been enjoying these last five years and I just want to write. I want to tell my stories and I want to get those out for people to read. And so I'm going to focus on them. By this time next year, I'll have one to two books complete with the Intrepid Pro series because it's a 10-book series, and it's all for kids, middle-aged kids, so they're quick reads. Think about any Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew book. You know, I can write 50 of those books where those kids never age, and they're constantly telling their adventures and solving mysteries, having fun. And that's what I said. I wanted to have fun. And I think my goal as an author is to be known as the author of fun. We have a lot of movies and stories right now that are all the dark, sad tale or for some reason we went from telling all these stories 20 years ago to the last 10 years of like, here's a darker take on it. Here's a darker take on Cruella. And it's like, okay, all right. I mean, let's do the darker, broodier version of every movie we've done 20 years ago. Fine, let's do it. Or let's just gender swap and have new people doing the same story. I mean, Turner and Hooch has come out. I know that when I was a kid and when I saw movies, people said, hey, this movie came out years ago. There's Ocean's Eleven a long time ago. It's like, well, this Ocean's Eleven's better. So maybe kids right now are saying that the Turner Hooch now is better, but Tom Hanks is a better Turner. Can you have anyone else but Tom Hanks? So anyway, my goal as an author and a storyteller is to have fun and to get people to have fun. Is Ella Decker going to have to be faced with killing her father, the bad guy? Or is it just going to be fun? Is she going to be faced with her you know, existential threats and death and fighting in space and she loses her friend in one of the dogfights during the militaristic future? No, that's not what I want to tell a story about. I want to tell a story about a fun world that has challenges. Challenges can happen without them being existential, despotic worlds, crazy futures where everyone is living this like anti- this or anti that or just crazy future where all governments have failed and it's anarchy. I don't want to write any of that crap. There's no dystopian futures in my books. There's what if we got our act together futures and what if we had some really great things and the great challenges were trying to get to Alpha Centauri or Proxima Centauri to live there. I want those challenges to be my conflicts in my books, not the like classic, I hate you, dad, or the constant, um, everybody is betraying everybody else or the other classic where it's just punch and punch, punch, go, go. I'm like, I'm getting really sick of movies with fight scenes. Like, how long does this fight scene have to go? I know Scarlett Johansson's not going to die here. And not just because the movie is cliched, but because this movie takes place before another movie I've seen. And I know she dies 
or spoiler alert, is living in other movies, and she doesn't die here. So how long does this fight scene have to be? Do do I really care what happens in this fight scene when I know the outcome? And so I'm just so sick of them. And the long, laborious, choreographed fight scenes is like, yeah, 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 punchy, punch, punch, fight, 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 spinny flip, spinny flip. Okay, cool. My hero has won. Amazing. Or he just barely won. Or he just barely lost. But next time he'll get him. I was like, oh, freaking A. I'm so tired of those stories. And I love Marvel and superhero movies. And I'm just tired of it. So I'm looking forward to telling some stories. Possibly some conflict-free stories that people are not going to love. But you know what? It's the 20s. And it's like the 20s of the 20s of 1920s, where we're just kind of happy-go-lucky dancing musicals. But instead of the happy-go-lucky dancing musical love story, I'm just going to tell a fun adventure with different kinds of challenges. And that's what I'm hoping to do. So thanks for listening to this podcast. I thought it would be a 30-minute-only podcast, but you know it's Aaron King talking here. Welcome back to listening to Loquacious Aaron King. Brevity is not my strong suit, and I'm stoked to be back. Enjoy the next episode with Phil Sisto, where he is talking about his experience as an artist-in-residence in Capitol Reef. If you haven't come to Utah and done all of the national parks, you probably don't realize there's a national park called Capitol Reef. And Capitol Reef has some terribly difficult-to-get-to areas and some really easy-to-get-to areas and just amazing sights and unknown captures. And if you want to get something out there for a Milky Way that's a little bit different, that's only going to have you know dozens of others and not hundreds and thousands of other examples of that exact same shot, Capitol Reef is the one that you want to go to. So listen to that episode. I'm going to put that episode up right away if most likely you're hearing this as that episode's live and you can listen to it as well. So thank you so much. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Give me any feedback you want. In fact, I'm planning on doing a survey to see what everyone wants more out of this this podcast. And I'm able to focus and hone in on exactly what would be enjoyable and fun for you and give you a reason to keep coming back every week and listening. I'm Aaron King, and get out there and have an adventure of your own. Have a good one. See you later. La, 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 la. Welcome back. Welcome back. La, 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 la. Okay, shut up.